Hi, and welcome to the Brave Parenting Podcast. I am your host and the founder of Brave Parenting, Kelly Newcomb. And this is where you'll receive the encouragement, insight, and information you need to raise kids of character in our media and technology-saturated world. We call it Brave Parenting because it takes courage and hard work to not only keep on top of technology, but then discern how you apply that to your family's lives. Our ultimate goal is to keep you informed and equipped to raise your tech-savvy kids. Welcome to today's show. And this is a very special show today as we have a special guest, Margaret Mose, who is a pediatric board certified psychologist. psychologist. And we will also be videoing this um, so if you want to watch the video versus listening to the podcast, there'll be a link in the show notes and you can check it out there. Well, welcome to the show, Margaret. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Yes, thank you. Um, we, I met Margaret at an event that I had spoke at, um, gosh, I guess it was maybe like six, eight months ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just had a great connection and we learned a lot about kind of what you're doing in this area with your young children and how that kind of relates to really what all parents are doing facing this education um, and um, technology kind of arena as we put our kids into the schools, whether it be public or private. So go ahead and tell me a little bit about yourself and your family, um, as well as your career. Okay. Um, So I'm a specialty board certified pediatric psychologist. So the majority of my career I've spent working with kids and families who are dealing with a whole host of challenges, whether it's behavior or anxiety or chronic disease, that sort of thing. Um, And I moved to Texas about seven years ago and have had a private practice since that time. And I'm also a mom and I have two little boys who are three and five. Um, And so trying to kind of wear the mom hat and trying to wear the Mm -hmm. psychology hat is a fun challenge. (laughs) That's the core of brave parenting, right? It's doing it all that we do (laughs) these days. Yeah. Awesome. So, well, when we met, we um, talked about um, your experience as you sort of researched putting your child in, in what type of school would be private or public as he was getting ready to start kindergarten. Right. And I thought your story was so interesting and in what you discovered as you interviewed these schools. So tell me a little bit about what you discovered in yes. this process. So we as parents have been very intentional about really trying to limit screen time for our kids from the very beginning. Um, so we really have not exposed them to a whole lot. And the little preschool that we're in right now, that my oldest is in, is completely adorable and wonderful and magical in many, many ways. And they have a kindergarten associated with them. And then we were also looking at our public school kindergarten because we needed to know sort of what were going to be our options Mm -hmm. moving forward from an educational perspective. And it really struck me the difference in technology use and amount. So our preschool that we attend has a no technology policy. Um, whereas the the kindergarten that we took a tour of, I was truly struck as I walked in by how many kindergartners I saw holding an iPad and with headphones on. And it was very unsettling mm. as the mom of a five-year-old to see so many of them already sort of attached. Because you haven't even allowed that to be your right. own child's We experience. don't have an iPad in the house. Yeah. I mean, I don't even own one. <laughs> so certainly my five-year-old mm-hmm. does not have one. So it really, for me as a parent, made me recognize there were a lot of questions that I needed to be asking before I sent my child into a school mm-hmm. where I'm entrusting that that the policies or that the the way that they're managing my child is going to be hopefully similar to how I'm doing it at home. And so it definitely yeah. opened a lot of conversations that I wasn't 
realizing I would be having at five. Yeah. And now were other parents asking those type of questions of these schools? So or? that's been interesting too. So as I've talked with more and more parents, the majority of the parents that I've spoken with have had a lot of concerns about the technology in the schools within our area. And some of that is, is parents who have older kids and some of that mm-hmm. is parents who have kids coming up behind mine even. Um, but what I've learned is that while a lot of parents have questions, some parents also feel like, well, this is just sort of the way the world is going and there's not a whole lot that we can do about it. And I recognize that we are living in this incredibly digital community. But at the same time, a five-year-old's brain is very different than a 15-year-old's brain. Right. And so for me as a parent, I was very uncomfortable with the idea of my five-year-old receiving so much screen time from the very beginning without it being in a situation that I could really be monitoring and being tabs on. Right. So basically, yeah, so from your um, you know, educational and clinical experience, you know, that concerning issue, it's not only just about how they're being educated, but also their mental and emotional health and well-being. Exactly. It's- so I think what's happened is, you know, technology has exploded and it continues to explode. And we're seeing cell phones and iPads and those kinds of things as being really ubiquitous at this point in time. Mm-hmm. The challenge is, and the research is happening, but it moves slower than the advancements of technology do. And so we know that there's research out there that shows that, for example, teenagers who use a lot of social media have higher rates of depression and anxiety. There was a study that just came out last Mm -hmm. week about that. There's... um, there have been some studies that show that younger kids, you know, two, three, and four, who are receiving a lot of screen time have slower development in other areas than kids who don't. So my concern as a parent is if my child is being given screens in the school setting, what are they missing that the screen is substituting for? So right. there's that. But also, what kinds of unintended consequences is that going to have down the road that our research just hasn't caught up to yet because the technology has been implemented much faster than the research right. can be? And the exposure, really, yes. because if we're honest, I, I know when my kids were in elementary school, which was a long, I mean, actually several years ago, they were able to access Google, YouTube, mm-hmm. and, you know, Google themselves, um, you know, <laughs> find, you know, what was, you know, maybe on the internet, that sort of stuff, but as well as anything else. Um, I mean, they do have um, filters applied, but I was shocked at what they could find. Right. Um, so it's not just how their brains are developing, but also what kind of the negative things that we don't want them exposed exactly. to. Exactly. As well, that is the question. So, and I, I know, I know my, like I said, my own experience, and I'm sure you'll agree, you know, most parents have these same concerns, right. but we sort of feel helpless. Like, this is the way the world's going, as you said. They're, it's very ubiquitous. We want to be brave, and we mm-hmm. want to do something, but we don't know what. So how right. would, what, do, what do you think as a, as a psychologist and as a parent, having interviewed schools and gotten to this education process, what are things that parents can do, next steps that they can do to advocate for their child's education mm-hmm. um, as, as well as you know, their, their actual health and well-being while technology is being implemented in these schools? So I think the very first thing is be willing to ask a lot of tough questions and to not just ask those questions of one person. So talk to the teacher, talk to the administration, talk to the school board, talk to the school counselor, because each of those different roles will have a different perception of what's truly happening. So the administration may say, well, this is what our goal is. Mm -hmm. And the teacher may say, this is how it's implemented. Um, So that, I think, is the first part of the conversation. The other piece of it is talking to the other parents because finding out that other parents have similar concerns and are willing to partner with you to ask some of these questions or for the school to be getting 
very similar questions from multiple parents sends the message that we're paying attention and we're concerned and we're advocating for our kids. Um, what my husband and I have discussed is that the, I suppose, added benefit of this is it's put us in a position where we as parents will need to create very clear boundaries much earlier than we thought we mm -hmm. would need to, but to really start from the very beginning of saying to our kids, okay, this is a tool and this is how we use it and this is how we will be monitoring it and these are the times that we're not using these kind, you know, this kind of technology or once you're done with your homework, we put this away, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. What I've discovered too as I've gone through this, when, when we first started this process as a parent, I felt very strongly about what I was seeing and um, almost felt like it was going to be me versus the school in mm -hmm. a lot of ways. But in talking with other parents and in talking with school administration and personnel, what I've figured out is really at the end of the day, everybody's goal is the same, which is mm -hmm. that we want our kids to be successful and we want to do what's safe for them. We may have different opinions of what that is, but if we come into it as a battle, you know, I need to convince the school of where I'm coming from, then we set up a lot of barriers. But if we come into it as a partnership and say, here are what my concerns are, tell me what your goal is and how do we find a way to find a happy median together so that I feel like my child is safe and protected and learning the way that they should mm -hmm. and you as yeah. a school you know, feel like that's happening too, that then we have much more productive conversations. Absolutely. I think it's very possible that in some school districts they believe that parents want the technology. Absolutely. And I think for a lot of parents there's a little bit of that assumption that, oh, well, if my school has all this technology, we're doing really well. Yeah. Like, the, oh, like we have the funds for this and, and this is cutting edge. And yes, it may be. It also may not be. And I think that's where the technology has been implemented across the country in schools mm -hmm. very quickly before we really have the research to say, okay, well, we know that it brings about these wonderful things and the benefit outweighs the risk. And right now, there's just not enough research to say one way or the other. Right, right. So, yeah, so having a voice mm -hmm. in that, whether it be a school board meeting yep. or even just in your child's classroom to the teacher, when, especially when there can be more voices, just kind of saying, you know, we're not real sure if we right. really love this technology because I, I do believe that they think that we want it. Mm -hmm. And if no one's saying anything, right, if we're not exactly. being brave enough to raise our voices um, just a little bit so that we're heard, not like you said, not to battle, but just right. say, hey, we're not real sure if all of this technology is the best. Um, I know that from my own experience, so you have young ones, right? Mm -hmm. And I have middle schoolers and high schoolers. All of my children are using Google Classroom. Mm -hmm. And that um, can be really great. They write their assignments. They turn it right in there. There's no losing pieces of paper. <laughs> However, there is um, a lot of, that opens a lot of possibilities to misusing Yes. the Google Classroom setting. You can access Google Chat, you can use Google Docs in order to have sort of text conversations that are you know, delete, deleted and right. can be hidden from parents. Um, so in my own experience, I have some children who use it appropriately and some who kind of push those boundaries. Mm -hmm. And it's really important to have access to that. And that's one thing that you can ask your school for is to make yes. sure that you do have access to the Google Classroom, that you can check that as well. I have a lot of parents who have no idea how not only how to use Google Classroom, but how to access it. And so they have no idea what their child is doing there. So right. that's one thing. And then we've had an experience where we've had to block one of our children mm -hmm. from accessing it because 
it was being misused. Mm -hmm. And that was possible when you really, like you said, talk to the right people right. in right. the school and can get that done. And when you're involved. So in your case, mm -hmm. you're very involved with your kids. You're involved with the school. You know what's going on. And I think that's really key for us as parents is we can't just send our kids to school and think, okay, I'll pick them up in eight hours and, and see where things are. We need to be talking to teachers. We need to be monitoring you know, what our kids are doing online. And we need to be, you know, volunteering in the classroom and talking to people and yeah. and knowing who those people are and having those relationships so that when we do have concerns, we know who are the right people to go to for these things. Right. And I think the key is, is this isn't, that's not like hover parenting or right. over parenting. In this day and age, this is brave parenting. I mean, this is what it is. And this is what we have to do because otherwise, technology and the way of the world will just sort of take our children. Right. And so it's not about, um, you know, as all these different terms of like hover parenting, helicopter parenting, um, it's not that. It's not doing their homework for them. Right. <laughs> no, don't do your child's homework. <laughs> right. It's, it's just monitoring and right. making sure that they are learning the way they should. They're not getting into inappropriate content as they access these devices. Well, and it's having that balance of, you know, we trust our children ideally, but we also put rules and boundaries in place because kids need that. And right. as they get older and as they show a pattern of being able to, to follow those rules and follow those boundaries, then we give them more freedoms and, and we release certain boundaries depending on what they've shown us that they can do. Absolutely. You know, I don't expect my five-year-old to be able to cross the street by himself, but as he gets older, I don't expect to be holding right. his hand crossing the street when he's 16. So, you know, we, we put the boundaries in place that are necessary to keep our kids safe and healthy. And then as they show us what they're capable of and as they continue to grow and mature, then, you know, we adjust those Absolutely. things Absolutely, yes. And like you had said earlier, we do have to set a new standard. Mm -hmm. It is about that standard um, that is set early on in the home so that it can be implemented really throughout life. It becomes their norm. It does. Without a standard for how technology and media is consumed, mm -hmm. you know, not just passively consumed, but actively consumed on devices through video games, social media, without that standard, there's no boundaries and exactly. anything is a go. Exactly. So, right. Awesome. Well, this has been great. And you have produced um, a sort of document for everyone that yep. lists some questions, really. Mm -hmm. So for you as parents, as we get ready to head back into another school year and then the next month. And if, if you are you know, really encouraged by this and you want to ask these questions, I have um, this document that you'll be able to um, access from the show notes of today that Margaret has prepared for you of just questions that you can ask your school mm -hmm. what to do, how to advocate for your child in their education um, as technology and media sort of saturate that arena as well. Well, thank you so much thank you for, for joining us. Me. I would love to have you back again where we can talk about even more. That brings us to the end of this episode. If you miss anything about the show today or if you have any questions that you want to ask either myself or Margaret, you can email us at podcast at braveparenting.net. And if you would like to um, get an in-depth look of how you can build strong character in your kids using the technology they love, go over to Amazon and purchase a Brave Parenting's book, Managing Media, Creating Character. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, whether you are on Apple or Google or whatever your favorite podcast platform is. Thank you so much for joining us here today at the Brave Parenting Podcast, where we believe that character is greater than media and every child needs a brave parent willing to set a new standard. Until next time, go and be brave.